0: Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight we'll be looking at investing in the commodities market with confidence. We'll also be answering your questions, looking at stocks for you, along with giving you our view on the Australian market. Our goal, as always, is to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hey. How are you going?
2: I'm tired again.
1: Are you? I know. Every
2: Monday night I go to bed thinking I'm going to sleep in, have a nice night's sleep, and every, every Tuesday morning it's five o'clock, maybe because I'm excited to be on the show. The kookaburras wake you up again. No kookaburras. No kookaburras, no, no, <laughs> no kangaroos, no nothing. I just wake up. So, but anyway, but we'll get through tonight
1: anyway. Hasn't it been interesting on the market? I know. That's what you were saying, it's coming down finally.
2: Yeah, well, we're not sure yet. I mean, it was up today, but you know, it's it's it could be slowly tipping over. But it is interesting watching the market. At the moment it's interesting watching the U.S. market. Mm. Interesting watch, watching what technology stocks are doing and the technology sector in the market is. So yeah, interesting. But we had a good chat today with somebody. We had a gentleman, mm. and I just want to. Wear, oh no, his camera. Sorry. <laughs> we had a really good chat today with a gentleman um, from. He's originally from the U.S., but uh, it's going to go up on our Flix talking wealth segment so the first part of it's going to be on friday and the second part i think is going to be early next week of it we spent an hour chatting with this guy very very interesting having a good chat with him around the markets see what's going on in the u.s market what's going on with you know how brokers work that sort of stuff so uh, get onto flicks on friday and see our recording um, from that but let's get into the show today and look at um, what we need to be doing now remember if you do have a burning question for us record a 30 second video now we haven't had one of those for a while, Janine and I'm really upset. I'm missing them, yeah. Just get the video going and Come stick on. that in front of your face. But um, <laughs> but do email a video, 30 seconds. Email at info at wealthwithin.com.au. Now, if you're shy, we don't care. No, no, if you're shy, you can also send us your question as an email through to info at Now, if tonight is your first time watching, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you joining us on the show. Welcome. Very much so. All
1: right. Moving on. It is the second Tuesday in the month, and this means we take a look at sectors and indices in the All news Index. Oh, nearly lost that one. So let's get into the charts right now, shall we?
2: Let's all get right. into something you're more comfortable at, okay?
1: <laughs> <ispering> right, what do we got? All right, you can see there at the top of the list, materials, yay, leading the way, but it's a very small move.
2: Well, I think that's because you were talking <laughs> about them last week. Everybody's gone and bought materials.
1: Yeah, stuff. 0.23% for the materials sector, for the month, and we're looking down the bottom. We can see Infotech down nine percent.
2: Yeah, that was last. Obviously, mm. the end of last week, information technology falling quite heavily in in the Australian market. But it is interesting, isn't
1: it? It is, and look, healthcare's flat it's pretty much line ball, and so is utilities communication services and industrials so it's interesting to see that they're not really moving for the month so it's a wait and see approach almost isn't it
2: yeah i mean we've got to remember like you know we're only eight days into the month so that's only the like last week so that's yeah. tuesday to friday last week and obviously monday and today's data so there's only six days data but in being
1: that. early in the month often you know you'll mm. know if you get a move in the market early in the month you know that something's going to happen but at the moment they're just sitting there yeah and we we're
2: up today pretty in the marketplace <laughs> Well, 1% today, was
1: it? Yeah, let's just have a look first on the um, – do you want to have a look at the short term?
2: Well, no, I want to look at the long term as well, like the yearly, so that'll show us the direction of what's happening but Look as at the well. week.
1: It's split 50-50 at the moment. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? So material's up 27 Energy's 0.37 down. Industrials are down 0.82. So it's a real mixed bag for the week. Mm. Where's the um, the IT still down the bottom, but it's only 0.6 down. And
2: con- mm. consumer discretionary, but consumer staples, which has been quite a good performer over the last few months. Yeah, that's a little bit it's flat this bit week so far as well. But materials, financials is doing well. So what does that actually tell you?
1: Look, I mean, not not a great deal. It's too short term. Mm. One week does not make a market, does it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Okay, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Well, you're reporting on it every week, so I guess it does. (laughs) Um, If we look at the year, let's have a look. Uh, Okay. There we go. So looking at the year, we can see InfoTech up 22. Well, it can afford to come back eight or nine yeah. percent for the month, can't it? Um, and I think there probably will be a bit further selling on that side. Healthcare up 3.6 percent for the year. Materials 2.37. And then we've got down mm-hmm. the bottom. Look, the big hits there for energy. So these, if we look at the yearly moves, you know, based mm-hmm. on those some of those um, previous recordings we've done, we've talked about how certain sectors might be down one year and the next year they're up. Apparently. So some of these would be the ones to watch um, for next next year, financials, energy, um, industrials. <laughs> look interesting, don't they?
2: Oh, they do. And materials, like it's only, you know, fit the whole year up 2.37%. So you've got to mm. look at that. It's and got, think, still got some way to go. You think it's still got some way to go because it hasn't performed very, very well. But information technology, obviously, that's been going up.
1: I'd like to see the materials just flip to the downside a little bit more um, before we get a, a, the next move up, really would. Mm. Mm. But it's interesting, like, just information technology
2: is not a big, big sector in the Australian market, but you've got CPU in it, mm. okay, which is a big stock in the information technology. But you've also got, is it the X, XTX? It's that, that new. Index that started earlier this year, which is all these technology stocks in yeah. it, which is what these wax stocks are in it, stuff like that. So obviously the number one stock in that index is Afterpay. You know, mm-hmm. It's gone up 130 or 939 percent or whatever it is this year. So it's their afterpay, um, but they're not
1: they're not the ma- part of the major sectors.
2: That's an no, they're not part of the major down. sectors. So, but but CPU hasn't performed super well this year, mm, um, and the sector's done very 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 well. So, but it, I still
1: think CPU
2: is one to keep an eye on. Yeah, so do I. I like it, and that's what I'm saying. Is I'm well, sort of what I was trying to get it to, but I was doing it a really long way, as I sometimes that's not do. For you. <laughs> I don't waffle much, do I? No, um, but it's about you know to me, it's, I think they were going to get a shifting of the guard a little bit yeah. in the technology a little bit. There's a new. There was a new buy now, pay later company float on the exchange yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but something like, so I forget what it was called. We, but do we
1: need more? They were talking about this on the radio more. the other day. There's going to be a lot of problems with these sort of things down the track, isn't it? For
2: well, it, it is. I mean, you know, credit card debt's down. Mm. That's it. You know, we're into, into the coronavirus. People are more at home. They're spending less. They're paying off their credit card. You've got mortgage freezing. At the mm-hmm. mortgage freezes, so people are not paying the mortgage off, so they're paying the credit card off. Great. So credit card debt's down 20, 30% roughly mm-hmm. this year with coronavirus, everything else. But then people are going to start to spend again. But by now, pay later spending's up, as we see all the statistics, it's going up. So they're spending next week's pay. Mm. On buy now pay later, but are they still creating debt that way? So whilst know, credit can, card debt may be down, a lot, though,
1: you would think it depends if they spread well, themselves across. I just the
2: think it's a different type of debt. But then there's more and more mm. competition coming into that. But then you've got Visa and Mastercard; they're losing out mm. because people are using the buy now pay later space. To, so what are they going to do?
1: Actually, Amex had a really good thing because they've got the small um, companies that they were promoting. They've got mm. this tool on their webs on their website. You can go and have mm. a look at all these companies that you can help in your local area. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was great, that, that, that initiative. Really so you, if you want to help some small businesses get, um, get back on their feet or keep mm. going, that's one way to find them. Well, that's what I'll be
2: doing anyway, mm. you know, especially right now. So with the sectors, that's a, with the year. So what do we think, what sectors are going to be good in the next quarter?
1: Look, I, in the next quarter, I, th- I still think materials are going to be down potentially with BHP and Rio, mm. but we could, could see a, a bit of a, a re... Because normally in a normal market, we see a bounce down and then mm. a move up. Yeah. You know, before it then comes down, so there still could that could be that scenario unfolding. But as you know, short term I'm more da- seeing more downside on materials and then waiting for the best opportunity to get into those. Yep. But I think um, things like consumer staples will continue to be steady over time, although we'll still see some downside if the U.S. market now market, which are, you know, flying in tune at the moment, come down, then they're going to do it together in the short Mm. term, even though eventually our market's likely to potentially split off from the US market. So, look, I mean, I like the ones that have been down for next year. But in the last quarter, I'm still sticking with the the basics, which are consumer staples, materials, um, financials. As you know, I'm not... um, Keen on, I, I would look at some industrials, but I'd be looking at select stocks in in certain sectors. Not necessarily okay. saying I want that stocks in that sector. You just be have to be very choosy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Mm. All right. Well, let's be before we get into our first question tonight. I was about to go into our first question, so I better slow down a bit. Um, I really do want to share with you a quote from my favourite author. It's a gentleman called Og Mandina, who said. Take the attitude of a student, never never be too big to ask questions, never know too much to learn something new. And I think that I, I saw that today and I went, i got to put that in the in the script for tonight because I thought, that's great because mm. a lot of people watching this, I mean we get thousands of people watching this video and yet we don't get thousands of questions. Mm. But there are thousands of people out there with questions that are not asking them. So is it silly not to ask it or just silly to ask it?
1: I think it's just human nature because when I was at mm. uni, I can remember people... Not putting up their hand and asking a question, and I'd sit there, and they'd sometimes sit next to me and ask me a question, and of course I'd be the bunny that would put (laughs) the hand
0: up. Yeah, you put your hand up and ask. Because
1: I couldn't stand a question going unanswered. I just, Mm. there's just something in me. So I know. I know. If you're out there and you do have a question, please ask. Ask away. We're happy yeah. to receive your questions.
2: All right. So our first question is, um, sorry. If you have a question, just remember to stick it through to us. Um, stick on it in, to stick it through. To... That's not very nice, is it? No. Please. Um, <laughs> but if you do have an email, remember provide some a little bit of detail. Don't just say just BHP. or well, what do you think of BHP? So we do want some detail, sure, but what, we don't want two sentences,
1: three sentences. Maybe. Yeah, we don't oh.
2: want war and peace. We just want some explanation about why you want us to look at a stock, but outside of that, a few short paragraphs will actually do. Now, our first email question, we're getting to you, Kevin. It's you. Drum roll. Bang, bang. Um, hi, Dale and Janine. I have, I have been following your show since March this year and also finished reading your book, Accelerate Your Wealth. So far, I've bought two stocks, Macquarie and AFI, uh, which have both been up by a total of 18%. I'm planning for a long-term investment and in building my portfolios around rules that you are teaching. Um, I'm considering to buy CP or and CSL for my next stocks uh, they have both been trending sideways in the past couple of months same as a lot of other stocks but you have been well that you have been looking at but I think they have good potentials to rise up again what are your thoughts on these stocks thanks again for your time Kevin good question Kevin I like the stocks you choose
1: I do too and I think we've covered mm. CSL recently so that's one we've done so I'm glad someone mentioned CPU interesting share notice mm. how last week it actually fell down heavily we've got a chart there showing mm. you um, left hand's monthly chart. So we always, for the new people, we always put the, left, the big picture view so we can see what's happening from a bird's eye view, and then looking at the weekly chart to see where the stock's going in direction and trend. We can see here that last week it actually closed right down, um, around to about what is it, 12.75 or thereabouts. Out of that sideways move. So Mm -hmm. it's actually broken, that sideways move. You could say if it moves up from here and continues sideways, then obviously you'll know that it hasn't finished that move. But Mm. in the short term, there's a potential for it to fall away. So um, if we just have a quick look at the daily so we can get a more short-term picture... Yeah, so it's actually falling down and then moving up for one or two days and then falling down for a couple of days and moving up again for so far one day. So it'll be interesting to see if that pattern follows because that's real weakness if that pattern... Yeah, but I was expecting this one. to
2: come down a little bit anyway.
1: Same with um, me. Yeah, I'm glad just it is. for a
2: few weeks. I mean, two to two, three, four weeks max. Yeah. That's sort of what I was thinking because I do like the stock like you. I think it looks good. It looks. Um, it looks
1: like someone's ramped it. Like if you look at that bar yeah. there on the Friday, someone's really ramped that and it's just... Ended almost at the same price as this day here, Mm. Wednesday the 10th. And then because it fell away and was closing low, it just looked like it had to drop out of that move. Mm. And I'd say because there's a gap here, we're going to see it come down potentially to around that 11.60 mark. Worst case scenario is it falls back to 10.40, 10.20. That would be the worst case. You think it would be
2: doing well now. There's that much extra Mm. trading going on at the moment. Yeah. And it's obviously a registrar, so you think you'd be making more money. but It's going to move with the the market
1: if the market comes back.
2: But good choices from Mm. Kevin. Well done.
1: Yeah, good good one. Um good one to keep an eye on. So the next it. one yeah. we've got is Mark Mood. Hi Dale and Janine. I hope you're doing well. I'm planning to buy SAR and I was waiting for the share to come down to the level of four eighty-five on the trend line with a stop loss at four forty-nine. The company revenue on profit is consistent with high growth every year. I appreciate your opinion on the stock. Many thanks. Well, many thanks in advance, Mahmood. Thanks, Mahmood. Really we tight stop loss, question. though. That's yeah. a really tight
2: stop loss. I'm not sure why you've got that one, but anyway.
1: Well, see, looking at it now, it actually mm. looks like it's, um, you know, on its way down, doesn't it? It's. it's where's well, the trend mood. line? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just having a look here. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is, there, or potentially, it depends on how far away that low is from the line, but you might be able to get something up there. I, you know, Yeah,
2: but there's still no reason to buy yeah. it at the moment. I just, like, yeah, I'm not sure why he's got his stop loss where he is or his potential buy, because right now it looks like it's bearish to me. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it looks pretty. Ba- you know, it does look bearish, but there's a gap here on the weekly chart, so I think it's coming back to fill that. And once mm. it fills that, then in theory, it should actually have some have a breathe, bit of breathing space. Potentially well, he was looking around
2: 460. Did 485. Say? 485. I think 485. Talking.
1: So there's a chance that it will come back to that anyway, mm. um, as part of the current move down. It might trade up for a couple of weeks before doing it potentially. Mm. It depends on the rest of the market and and what this um, sector ends up doing. So. Yeah, but it has been so strong. It's had you know four four months up. You'd expect with one strong month down like that, it could go down for another month. So,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah not a bit too early, I think, Mahmood. What do you? Yeah, that's look, I've been waiting for it. this
1: for a while. But if he's talking about a trend line um, up there, underneath those lows, then it's possible that. Um, the stock, if you can get one under there. And I but that's not a reason to buy it. No reason to buy it. When the stock's on, it's low. You've mm. got to wait till it actually starts moving back up again, mm. and then you get some momentum behind it. Then you'd need to wait for a good set of rules to trigger before you look okay. at purchasing it.
2: Uh, good advice from a So yeah. let's go to our next question. Um, we have it's from Chris. Hi, Chris. Um, hi, guys. I really enjoy your show. Haven't missed an episode since I started watching early this year, and I'm halfway through your second book. And... Sorry, just starting to feel some confidence in my analysis. Well, that's nice to hear. Um, I'm watching Newcrest Mining and feel there's a solid trend line there. On the daily chart, there seems to be support line at around $27. But on the weekly chart, there's a much more distinct support at $21. I'd appreciate some feedback on this. And a guide to what I'm looking for in a solid buy signal. Um, good question, isn't it? But
1: Now, I gave you that on purpose because it's all about trend lines.
2: No, okay, there's no trend line there.
1: Now... On the weekly, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can get one up there. You may be able to get one up underneath those lows. Um, you yeah, just but he's have to looking, check. He's looking
2: to buy. But he so. was looking
1: on the daily chart for a trend line. That's why I gave it to you.
2: Oh, well, don't do trend lines on <laughs> daily charts. Don't,
1: don't, don't. It's... <laughs> you can't... You, it, you know, you, How do you, I say it and be nice? No, no. Well, no? It's, it's about... You don't know what you don't know. Ah, correct. That's the right thing to say. So unless you've been trained, the book talks about trend lines. Mm. The book talks about the detail around, some of the details around trend lines, which should give you some of the very basics. But it, there's, a, there's how many rules with the trend lines?
2: Oh, we've, we, I mean, most people percent. have one. We've got five. Yeah. So, and that's what I say. A lot of people say, oh, I know how to do trend lines. I go, mm. okay, tell me how to do them. And then they go just draw a line on the chart. Well, that's not a trend line. Yeah. So, and so we have five rules that we teach in our course. In, in my book, I really only teach one rule of that. Yeah. Well, basically two, but pretty much one rule. But that's it. Um, but I don't teach them on daily charts because this is what a lot of people do. They, they learn about a technique and then they apply it to a context.
1: That's because they're doing it on the internet on the daily charts. Yeah, correct. A lot of but, people have got it wrong. But in but it's, the, it.
2: it's the right rule for the right context. Mm. And that's the thing. Is So if you want to trade short term, you need a lot more tools and strategies that are much more sensitive and much more volatile or sensitive to the movements in the market. If you're trading more medium term, you need less sensitive rules yeah, Imagine tools.
1: using a trend line on a daily chart. You'd be put in and out all it'd over be, the place. It's,
2: it's Well, it would be next to useless to yeah. you. Yeah. It's pretty much next to useless to you. Daily charts are really just for short term traders. They really are just for short term traders. And it's something you need to get out of your head is that more people that use daily charts actually have a lot more indecisiveness in in their trading, a lot more hit and miss, but that's what they push because you go to the broker's websites and that's all you see is daily charts all the time and they do that so they can get you to trade more. So they make more money, so please stay off daily charts. Even if they're
1: short-term trading, they still should be looking at these charts. They should be looking at Mm. the monthly first, almost. Yeah. Because
2: if I said to you, what's the most important chart, what would you say? Monthly. Yeah. Mm. So that's what you should be looking at and then bring it down to the weekly and then look at that. But look... What are your thoughts on the stock? It's going down in my book.
1: Look, at the moment it's going down. I still like it, but it needs mm-hmm. to get back above around that $35, 36 mark and start yeah. heading up before I'd even consider it. Okay. Yep. Cool. Well, the next question.
2: Oh, it's the next you. It's you're the next question, next. not me. I've stolen it.
1: Okay. I was we going to an anyway. email He was going to steal it from me. Really, you stopped yourself, though.
2: I did. Because uh, did Because I'm, I'm a gentleman.
1: Is that right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, we have an email from Brian. Hi Janine, can you please do Harvey Norman instead of QBE because Brian, Brian did send me an email first of all, and he listed three stocks with all the info there. Oh, did he? Um, oh. I noticed it also had a gap down on the daily chart on the fourth of the 9th twenty, and looks like it might be hitting resistance at around four fifty. Um, analysts have raised a profit target. Oh, that's good of them. Five forty, and is bullish and a bullish on growth prospects. Morningstar's forecast um, down 20% um, for 2021 and about 4% for 2022. I'm interested to see if you uh, suggest whether you ignore daily down gaps or if this is a significant bear signal. Thanks in advance. Kind regards, Brian. Interesting question there.
2: Anything so, on a daily chart's not significant, is it? Yeah. In my book, but yep. anyway.
1: So what we've got there is Harvey Norman. Now, mm-hmm. from a big picture perspective, there's a potential that, to think that there's a long-term low in here. Correct. So this March 2020 might actually signal a long-term and a turnaround for Mm -hmm. Harvey Norman and the woes of Harvey Norman. Does that mean more people are buying online?
2: Uh, Well, they are. I mean, the statistics are
1: more people are buying online. Yeah, I spoke to a lady at Bunnings um, on on the phone the other day, Mm -hmm. and she was telling me that when you actually um, Mm -hmm. buy something online from Bunnings, there's a few days or potentially a couple of days wait before you can actually go and pick it up. You said they've been going gangbusters. People are doing their gardening and all sorts of things. There's well, you got
2: time. I mean, I don't have time to do the gardening, but a lot of people mm. do because if they're working from home, they're fine. But, I mean, online retail in the US was up 44% since COVID. Yeah, but 44%. what is
1: overall retail down?
2: Online retail, but yep. overall retail is down, but mm. online is up. So you got... In Australia, we have got you got your Kogan's, you've got your Amazon's, you've got your eBay's, mm. those sorts of things. I mean, Amazon and eBay is not helping us on the stock exchange. Kogan is. Mm. So Kogan's done reasonably well. But a lot of these companies, these bricks-and-mortar companies that are retail, having to shift their whole strategy. Yeah. like Bunnings. Bunnings, like, seriously, I'm never going to stop walking into Bunnings because as a guy, that's our playground. You know, mm. we love going around Bunnings and looking at all the techie You're tools. Are being
1: sexist?
2: Well, no, you like doing it. <laughs> I know you like doing it. You love going to Bunnings and pulling out all the tools, so don't don't, don't fool me. You, Janine loves a good hammer and a good bang nail thing and what? drill and all that sort of stuff. You're a tech head. You really are. Oh, gosh. But right now, Harvey Norman, it, it's been doing really well, hasn't it? I think it looks good.
1: Fantastic. All right. Harvey Norman, monthly chart we're saying is, hmm? at this stage, potentially long-term bullish, but we need to see it pull back in the, yeah. on the monthly chart and then make a move up. Hmm. In the shorter term, we think that it's extended. And so that sort of fits with the monthly chart thinking that it could actually come back. And there is a lot of resistance across there. You see around that 44460. So look at it. It might come back for a little bit. I mean, I'd like to see it come back below the $4 mark anyway, Mm -hmm. at least uh, and settle down before it then pushes back up and then potentially provide an opportunity.
2: But it's a good Mm -hmm. point. A lot of people think when we say something, oh, it looks a bit bearish, how do they perceive that?
1: It's... Um, it's a short-term view that they have on it. Yeah. Generally, when well, when, pe- when someone says something is bearish, because most people are not looking at a monthly chart anyway, mm. they're just looking at what's happened on the news or something's you know short-term announcement. Mm,
2: but what does mm. it mean? I, lo- I know. So many times people take us out of context. Mm. You know, even though we're trying to be specific about things, sometimes it's a bit
1: hard. Yeah, I'm not following your line of
2: thought exactly. Well, what I'm saying is a lot of people say, well, you said this. Well, I I sort of said that, but that's not exactly what I meant. And that's really what I'm talking about, is people constantly take us out of context or... Because they don't really understand trading of the market and they say, oh, when we say, oh, that's bearish, sometimes people think, oh, that means it's going to fall through the floor and i better get out. Oh, okay. see. Where we might saying. only mean it's bearish for the next few weeks. Well,
1: this is bullish anyway at the moment. Yeah. It's just the way it looks. But, it looks bu- But I wouldn't be mm. buying it right now. That's no, the point. I wouldn't be. Yeah. Cool.
0: Okay. Let's see you again. All right. I'll <laughs> oh, shut up again.
1: <laughs> Remember to hit that subscribe button now. Also like the video. Also, remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can grow and help more people.
2: Okay, we're Fantastic. getting into the, oh, we're into the we're in, Now we're into the main topic of tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. it's time to move on into the so, main topic, in, investing in flying. the commodities market with confidence. Okay, in the past we've shared how trading commodities can be very lucrative if you know when to invest. It can also be very high risk, particularly if you have not Built your knowledge and understanding from the foundations up. Now some of the major commodities that have a bearing on our market and our economy include some now you probably know some of these: gold, oil, gas, iron ore, copper. Um, these are the mined commodities and globally traded agricultural products include soybeans and wheat and cattle and things like that. So some people may not have even realized that you can trade those. Mm. Uh, Many are seasonal and so are based on supply and demand, which means that they're often quite volatile and this is what attracts traders to them. The perception is that the greater volatility means greater profit in a short time, which is true, however, not necessarily always the case. Now, tonight we'll discuss the important factors you need to consider when investing in commodities, so you maximise your profits and minimise your risk. We'll also highlight some of the pros and cons of investing in the commodities or related markets. Now, all too often, people who decide to go into this area, they do so with very little knowledge and experience, take highly leveraged positions before they're really ready and often prior to gaining experience trading stocks. So, obviously, start at the stock level first. Now, of course, you wouldn't do this now, would you? No. (laughs) Um, As to do so would actually go against a very important rule in the market that will keep you safe. Would you like to know what this is? Well, just remember this one. The higher the risk, the more time and the more knowledge that you require to learn to trade. So, why do people not follow this simple rule? Perhaps a flaw in the human psyche. Now, sexy promotions making promises of get rich quick can lead people down a path to ruin in highly leveraged markets. There's heaps of these, too good to be true offerings to trade highly leveraged instruments online, so beware. Now, these people don't even have to have a license don't have to have any qualifications or anything and they're putting it out there and there are people following that. So that's a really dangerous thing. Now what we want to talk about tonight are five ways that you can get exposure to commodities.
2: Yeah, for you to get exposure to commodities, the first one is invest directly in the commodity itself, like gold. You can buy and sell gold if you like. You can buy gold off the gold exchange. There's one in um, one in Adelaide and there's one in Perth, I believe. You can buy physical gold and so But the fees on those can be a little bit costly because you've got to pay for the storage fee. And obviously, you know, these companies selling you the gold have got to make some money out of selling you the gold. So it's like buying currencies. There's going to be a little bit of a fee in there anyway. But number two, trade the commodities. Commodity futures. Now, these are highly leveraged instruments, so when you're trading commodities on a futures contract, you've got to put up a margin, what I mean by that is you've got to put money into a bank account, and then you can trade a futures contract on, you know, like, remember the movie Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and Billy Murphy, Bill, not Eddie Murphy? No. They're, no, you don't remember. They were trading pork bellies, but go and watch the movie, a really good one. Uh, the next one is you can trade CFDs or contracts for difference, because there's CFDs on, um, on commodities as well. But again, these are also very, very highly leveraged. You can be leveraged out one to 100, means for $1, you can have exposure to $100. Now, I know ASIC's putting a stop to a lot of this at the moment in a futures market. They're going to pull down the leveraging given what's happened during COVID and obviously what happened during the GFC. So there's new rules going around that leveraging. So just check with the provider if you are looking to do that as well. Number four is invest directly in the companies that mine or produce them. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well, but you can buy directly into that company and buy the stock there. Or you can select an ETF with exposure to commodities, which is a real simple way to get exposure to a commodity or broad section of commodities as well, So which is good. You got any others you want? Or is that Look,
1: right? I think that's, that's it. I mean, options is another thing that people oh, yeah. could... Use to get exposure to it, but I've just decided to leave that one out for now because I think we've got enough yeah, in there. it's more complex. Mm. Yeah. Now, um, you could choose to trade commodities without, um, no, if you choose to trade commodities without learning to trade stocks first and you stack the odds against your favour. What you want to, to do is increase your probability of success, not reduce it. Mm. And most importantly, if you can determine the safer times to invest in commodities, then you can make a lot of money. So that's the, the goal here.
2: Yeah, it is the, it is really the goal. And that's it's, it's really important to understand. And often people say, when I say to people, why do you want to trade futures or commodities or CFDs? And they go, oh, because I can make a lot of money. And I go, well, how much money do you want to make? Yep. And they go, oh, and I'll make 20% a year. And I say, well, why do you want to trade them then? Because mm. you can do that on stocks. And that's really what you're saying about higher risk is is also higher amount of time and knowledge and everything else that you're going to take, but you can get the returns you want on stocks as well. Well,
1: CFDs are actually a way. You can use leverage, yeah. but you're not actually leveraging mm. as much potentially. No, you're and not. And you can change it. So it's that is another way, but you still need to understand. I mean, you can go mm. down to a small, really small parcel in CFDs, which is a good way yeah. for people to gradually move from stocks, starting off small in stocks, building up in stocks, and then mm. moving to potentially, if you just choose to go that way, to CFDs and then building up slowly once you've had the knowledge yeah, and it's training It's going to be more complex area.
2: trading futures when you're actually trading oh, futures, yeah. it's kind of a lot more complex than just mm-hmm. trading a stock. So just be careful. But So let's take a look at a couple of commodities. But before we do it, a rule of thumb is no matter what you trade is or what what area you're trading or what commodity or what stock you're trading, you always, always must know direction first and how you're going to manage your risk before entering a trade. So to reiterate what I just said is doesn't matter what you're trading, you need to know direction first. And then you need to make make sure you understand the risk that you're taking with all of that. So direction number one. But some considerations when when we're weighing up, mm. when where to get exposure from the commodities. Yep. So we have futures.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, look, let's, let's just have look a look at, at some stuff? of the commodities. Um,
2: um, I'm running ahead, am I?
1: No, that's fine. Oh, okay. But let's just have a quick look. So I just thought perhaps oh, we okay. could talk to them about that first and all discuss right. it. Um, so on the screen there we 've got um, corn okay. right now some people probably don 't even know that you can trade these things no they don't so here' is, now these are these are actually we had some guys come through our training who had done mm. uh, the diploma course, and they the reason they did that is because they were farmers
2: yeah we've had several lots yeah. and lots of farmers
1: so the whole idea there were some sheep farmers, there were some grain farmers, and the whole idea for them was so that they could yeah. actually um, create insurance, if you like, almost. We've had
2: dairy farmers. By we've hedging had all themselves sorts mm. against
1: um, things going wrong with their their, their crop or something happening and, and to just lock in a price. That's mm. what they're aiming to do. Mm. And so um, they were actually trading w- wheat, these two guys that came along a while ago. Oh, and the ones was,
2: you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, there, and there was a gentleman who was actually um, doing this with Um, livestock as well. So here, the first one we've got is corn. Now the interesting thing that you'll notice about these is they look like they could be bottoming out. Now it hasn't actually been confirmed yet, but it just looks Mm. um, like a lot of these uh, markets are actually coming off lows. So you can see how volatile they are. Extremely volatile they are, yeah. Um, And because of the leverage, it makes it extremely high risk. So this is not for everybody. I mean, institutions and... um, You know, heavily into these areas, but generally individuals don't go into this because the amount of money that you need up front is just significant, isn't
2: it? Well, the research a few years ago, and I haven't looked at it since, but Mm -hmm. if you're trading futures, Mm -hmm. the futures market, unless you've got, and it used to be the case, there used to be prior to CFDs and everything, futures was the way to go. You had futures and options, that was it. Yeah. And everybody used to trade futures, and the statistics were, you know, probably 10 or 15 years ago, that unless you had $50,000 in your bank account, The drawdowns would just kill you Mm. and you'd be wiped out your bank account. So you need to have enough money to be able to be in the market long enough to be able to make money and and suffer those little pullbacks and have enough money in there to buy enough contracts to protect your money and to make sure you've got enough positions to make good money. And most people want trade futures with $50,000. They might put $10,000 in and that's why a lot of them struggle. I
1: remember chatting to a guy who he thought Mm. he was making a bucket load of money and then he... Put a mil- mm. One night he actually, did because his ego got to him, and this is the problem with people, even people who are experienced in the market, mm. his ego got the better of him and he went and put this trade on and it was a million-dollar trade. Mm. Now, he lost a lot in it. So, mm. you know, it's just, it's really quite concerning, isn't mm. it, for some people if they're not do- okay. doing the right thing. So let's but, move on. That one's cotton. Now we've got coffee as well, yeah. of all things. Um, you can see, and these are the ones that are, tr- these are U.S., um, commodities right Um, because this is where the bigger area of the market is so feeder cattle believe it or not Hmm? there's another one Uh, looks like it's come off the bottom Uh, then we've got live cattle another one um, come off the bottom now when we go further um, I'll move ahead of this so then we'll go into lean hogs can you believe that
2: lean hogs (laughs) Yeah.
1: move forward
2: I want to see the pork bellies you (laughs) want to see the fat
1: pigs don't you Um, soy beans now Coming off the bottom of a low, potentially, as well. Soybeans is another big one that gets but why? Strong.
2: But why are they so volatile? Very cyclical.
1: Look, it's because of the, the seasonality of them. Mm. That's, that's part of the reasoning behind it. Mm. But it, you know what? It doesn't matter what it is. It, any stock or market unfolds in patterns. Now, we teach this. When you go through our course, we teach a number of patterns because you need to know price, pattern, and time. The diploma mm. covers price and pattern. Okay. Now, it's the, got time in it. Yeah, but it's it's got time, but the advanced course covers everything in a much more detailed mm. level. the 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 advanced course covers the pattern that can tell you. When I'm looking at this chart, it tells me mm. that it's potentially finished a bottom there, um, and roughly where it's going to go. Now, you and I can do a forecast just by looking at the chart without having any analysis on it simply mm. because of the, the strategies that we teach mm. and the timing part of it just adds that additional layer that tells you when it's going to turn mm. so that's the interesting thing there so that's soybeans now let's move yeah. into sugar as well um, wheat as I mentioned before now Oil, Isn't this amazing? That was that contract that went to minus $40. So oh, you yeah, can yeah. see how
2: the, light, sweet,
1: the interesting thing here is that what would happen if you you know, you know, had a contract in oil and, and you had to take delivery of
2: it. You had to take delivery of <laughs> it. You'd have a Jeez. ship flowing up in your bathtub. Yeah. Here's your oil, sir. Um, but anyway, we need to move well, on, Janine, otherwise we won't get finished.
1: Okay. So look, there's, there's some of the commodities there that we were looking yeah. at. Um, gold futures, that's an interesting one. So gold's the one that everybody's. Oh, that's been less on.
2: volatile. So that's…
1: Less volatile than a lot of the other gold ones. Gold and
2: silver are much better.
1: Yeah, yeah, better from that point of view. Hmm. Um, so there's copper. Interesting, because this is all about the economy, really. Hmm. Um, you know, if copper doesn't go up, what does it say for the economy? Is the, the economy's pretty bad, because we need copper yeah, for a exactly. lot of stuff. So, so look… Um, these are highly leveraged markets, obviously, that, that um, mm. you're going into when you're looking at futures markets and when you're going into commodities. So there are ways to get exposure to these areas rather than going into the futures market, mm. as Dale was saying before. Obviously, there are potential for greater rewards. But, so this is – you were talking about futures before. Mm. So what's your advice in terms of um, you know whether people should even – because you said someone wanted to make 20%, so why even bother looking at it? But some people just trade it because they can don't they?
2: Yeah, but there's this, why do you trade? Mm. And some people, it's they trade obviously to create income. Yep. Some people just want to grow their portfolio, so that's another thing. But some people just want to trade for the challenge and fun. They don't really care about whether they're making the money. So,
1: so you sort of markets, be trading futures if that's your thing.
2: Well, no, they you? could because it's they, they're wanting that buzz, that that sort of gambling buzz, if I can explain it that way. It's that little yeah. feeling of, oh, well, I got that, I'm right, I made a bit of money. But again, if you're not trading stocks properly mm. and you're not consistent there, then you're going to struggle with the FX market, you're going to struggle with CFDs, you're going to struggle with futures, you're going to struggle with options, you're going to struggle with a lot of them. Mm. You need to be looking at the underlying or that physical stock
0: first.
1: But it's also the damage to the psychology. Mm. If you go into that end of the mm. market mm. and you get it wrong, um, that's mm. really going to – it's not just the loss mm. of the money, it's the ongoing mm. in, impact on your psychology that – because trading is 80% mm. psychology, 20% technical. Mm. So it can kill your trading without
2: you thinking. Huge rewards, though. Huge mm. rewards for a lot of great so, risk.
1: So can we move on a little bit then? Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, you were, you were Well, saying. basically,
2: with futures, you've got to have multiple contracts. And so mm-hmm. you're getting into really large positions. And that's why I'm saying you really do need a lot of money to get into and it. That but, buffer. You know, the examples, but, um, you know, your contracts, but like we sort of mentioned, you've got to take delivery of the product if you're with the contract on the futures contract on the end date of it, you have mm-hmm. to take, well, some of them you have to take delivery of the physical, where it could be oil or wheat or whatever else. And you don't want a pile of wheat ending up in your driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to roll contracts into the futures because the contracts have certain dates. So it gets a lot more complex, the futures market. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about FX as much. I'm talking about commodities trading here. Um, but you do need a high level of skill and experience. You also need to consider the costs of trading that because it can be a bit of a blowout as well. So...
1: Yeah, and the next one is CFDs we were talking about before, contracts for difference, and this is Mm. an area where I think it's much better for people to look at because it's like a natural extension from trading the stock, and if you go into CFDs, you want to be trading direct Mm. market access. Now, a lot of the providers of CFDs had their heads pulled in um, post the GFC because what was happening is even some of the brokers were actually defaulting to over-the-counter yeah. trading in 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 CFDs, which actually gives them an advantage. Which if you're trading direct market access, you're not actually betting against the mm. the person who's putting creating that market. Whereas the over-the-counter ones, they cre- they're creating that market. The direct market access means that. It's direct to market, so it's actually replicating the price of the underlying. So a CFD or contract for difference, as Dale mentioned before, is literally just taking a contract over the, the underlying. Um, so, for example, if I took a CFD on BHP, um, I can put a small margin down for, to get much more exposure. Mm. But mm. it's horses for courses because in the before the GFC hit, um, people got stung severely by um, the leverage and lost a lot of money because it's higher risk. CFDs is definitely higher risk, right so it's a progression to get to that point. Now we teach people if someone comes to us and they say, "Look, I want to learn to trade CFDs and get into leverage, we're going to channel you towards trading stocks first and doing the diploma course, and that's because you need to run you know walk before you can run or crawl before you can run. Mm-hmm. Um, now th- you can use these to hedge. That's the great thing about CFDs as well and lock in prices in, in, a, in future which can make create smaller um, a bit of insurance for you. It's also small amounts of capital can be used, so it's good for training to get used to leverage as well. Um, required knowledge to trade these um, is you know higher obviously than just trading stocks because you need to understand how mm. the CFDs work, but it's just leverage at the end mm. of the day. Mm, no,
2: absolutely. Now, stocks stocks are really the simplest way to gain exposure to commodities. You know, that's through the company or the stocks that mine or produce the actual commodity. Now, volatility of those tends to be higher or volatility tends to be higher in commodity stocks um, because obviously, again, they're still cyclical from that point of view, but good short to medium term gains can be get gained from the stocks. You know, the with the stock risk, you've got liquidity, mm. um, but they're simpler, much, much simpler. Buying a, like a new crest rather than buying gold is simple. Um, but at times, may not uh, they may not track the commodity or the underlying commodity price um, but you can get into you know hedging like Janine mentioned with CFDs and etc so that you can actually maintain what's going on there and uh, obviously owning your own stock it depends on the commodity prices what's going on if you have issues like the veil dam thing that happened that it that blew up um, and therefore we had issues with um, it was wasn't wasn't was a bhP no it was Fortescue. Sorry, I'm on it. With the Vale Dam. Mm-hmm. That was BHP, wasn't it? BHP. That was BHP. I thought it was BHP. That was an issue was a, uh, uh, an issue with that, with the Vale Dam collapsing there. So you've got those sorts of things happening. But anyway, let's move on anyway, but you've got those sort of shutdowns and that anyway.
1: Yeah. Now let's look at a couple of stocks and in relation to commodities. So we want to have a look at gold futures, and we're going to overlay the, um, a couple of the gold miners just to see how they compare mm-hmm. to the gold, gold price. So... Um, this is this is actually um, GC C2 spot. So this is the gold futures. You can see on the left-hand side there yep. um, that I've got the um, the gold futures chart, which is the bar chart, and overlaid over the top of that, I've got Newcrest Mining. So we can see there that the the difference between what's happening on the futures market and what's doesn't happening with Newcrest does doesn't always track. And it can be actually be more volatile on the stock sometimes mm-hmm. because of things like. Um, issues with the mines, potentially um, issues with their hedging even. Now I've put, um, that's um, Newcrest, and I've also put Evolution on there. That's, you can see yeah. that Newcrest and Evolution have tracked reasonably well together at times, mm. they do. Um, but when I actually um, take off Newcrest and put back the, um, the gold price, you can see how... Um, Evolution Mining was tracking against it. Now, Evolution Mining's done really well, but notice where they've turned. Mm. Notice how the gold pro- um, futures turned well after a lot of these stocks. So the, I'm talking about the major lows that occurred down here, um, 2014, turned well below or well before the the actual futures price cool. turned. So okay. that's interesting as well. So you really need to know what the overall market is doing for gold if you're trading the gold stocks as well as the yeah. stock have a really good set of rules on on a stock like this, and then you can make a reasonable amount of money. So okay. I had a few stocks in there to have a look at. Well, but we've let's, run out let's of time move on because we... I know
2: we've got some stuff to do. I mean, obviously we're going to talk about a bit, we're going to maybe show some ETFs on commodities later on, anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's get on to just some important Port- considerations. Mm. So have a look at that.
1: Yeah, some important considerations to maximize profit and minimize risk. So what you want to do is understand the market that you're trading first. So that's what we're really aiming to impress on you. Learn to read a price chart. It's critical. If you're trading something that's highly leveraged, don't have um, blinkers on like you would if you're going down a racetrack. You need to have a broader picture and understand the direction as we were saying before. And this is something that I could tell you that most of the people who are trading these things don't, if they're new to the market, don't do. Yeah. Match your level of knowledge and experience to the risk that you're taking. So if you know that your level of knowledge is low, then that's where you're starting. You're not starting up here and just really be serious about that. It So the amount of capital—that's another thing. How much capital do you put in, and when you start? Now, somebody read Dale's book and said that because you said you take your total capital and then you divide it up into ten positions, say for stocks, they went Mm. and thought, "Well, I've got six hundred thousand—that's what I do." But they they hadn't—they hadn't—they were at the start of their journey. So why would you do that? Mm. You know, if you've got—and that's not what you're meaning. So this is the taking things out of context scenario. So if they're only new to the market, they might start with a small amount of money. So what's? What are you comfortable with in terms of the risk that you're taking? So working out what sort of stop losses that you would be wanting to use, depending on the vehicle that you're using to get exposure to that commodity. And then when you decide on your stop loss, have a look at it, not just in percentage terms, because everybody talks about setting a 5%, 10%, 15% stop loss. But then they don't take it back to the dollar amount to see if really your internal fortitude can actually handle. But nine that in out of ten market.
2: people set a stop loss, and I don't even know why they're setting it at that level. Really? Yeah, yeah I just find it. I go, why do you set a stop loss? Oh, that's the amount I wanted to lose. Well, that's not a way to set a stop loss. So. Right. Don't have time to get so into that today. So it's
1: not just the amount, but it's also got to be to mm. do with the stock as well. It's got to be technical
2: – it's got to be worked out yeah. properly, yeah.
1: And there's a decision-making process mm. involved, as we've talked on previous shows about. So you really have to mm. have that process in place and and a good strategy mm. to trade whatever it is you're trading. So that's really important as well.
2: Yeah. Cool. All right. Mm. So let's move on. So we're going to have – now we've got to get into some more emails, yeah?
1: Okay. We've got some more emails. So that's really it. I mean, if it, anyone's got – Questions for future shows, we're happy to talk to you about that. Mm. Um, but the, remember to hit that subscribe button, okay? And now, right now, while you're watching the show, don't no. leave it till later.
2: Otherwise, um, Janine will find out. She knows where you live. Is that what are saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know where you live. She knows where you and live. give God. us a
1: big thumbs up and click on the like button, and we can do more of this sort of thing. Okay. Um, the first question is
2: yours. Oh, the first question was mine. Okay, we have a question from Nico. Well done, Nico. Hello, Dale and Janine. Hope you're safe. And while well. I'm looking at buying uh, Atomos Limited, Atom- I like. we bought some Atomos products. Fund- Fundamentals and management team look good. I agree with you. Also, a topical industry specialising in online video products. TA, in my view, suggests it might be close to a buy. I think if it can break above $0.72, cents, it might be starting its up move. Would greatly appreciate your thoughts. Keep up. The awesome content, Nico. I actually looked at this the other week. We've actually got an Atomos Ninja, I think. Shogun. My techie guy in my ear tell me it's a Shogun. Melbourne company over in Richmond, I think they are. And they're selling to the world. Very good company. So I like the choice. And I was looking at this the other week and thinking, this looks nice. Go for it. No, you can. Now you you tell me what you think. No, I did all the background stuff. Why do you want me to do all the work? Okay. (laughs) Well, because you love the charts and that sort of stuff. (laughs) I like this stock. I mean, looking at it at the moment, as you're looking at it here on the left, on the right, sorry, you can see this beautiful big move up the last couple of weeks. A little bit. A little bit softness this week it pushed up and it's come right back but i do like the this company it's obviously since it's floated it did raise some capital um i believe from memory i think it looking it's going to be looking at raising some more capital but they are doing well they've got a lot of the different offices around the world and it, like road microphones are australian so we we're wearing road microphones. We've got them. Supporting it's another Australian products. company in that film TV type of space with this technology that it is doing well. So I think this is one to watch for the longer term. But right now I do like it. I'm going to put some volume on it quickly just to sort of but see. If you were
1: looking at it now, hmm? could you be buying that right now or not?
2: Me personally, or would we? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't have a problem buying so that at the moment. how
1: how would you set a stop loss on that, given that it's traded so far away? I'd have from to kill you if I told you. The <laughs> the I don't bottom. want to do that. So, it's actually from the last low, it's, four, it's 31%. So, this just mm. shows you the sort of volatility that we're Correct. Talking about. Correct, it's a small stock. It's a risky thing.
2: Yeah. Mm. It is a small stock, but I actually do like it. I think it's a good choice. I wouldn't put a lot of money into it, that's the point. So, it's like if you want to take on a small stock like this, and let's say you've got $100,000 and you normally break it into 10,000 lots, okay, you say you've got 10 positions, I might put half a position in something like mm. that, like a $5,000 position, yep. just to hedge your bets because you don't want to, because it is such a, a, a smaller Stock And it is got an exciting story, so I don't discount that. And, you know, people think I'm the one that's against small caps and micro caps, and I get excited about this, mm. you know, because yeah, I see say what say they're doing. Because
1: you say that generally 10% of your portfolio mm. you could put into a higher risk area yeah, potentially. so why not? But if you've got experience. But a good one. Yeah.
2: And mm. there's, so there's, there's some really crappy, specky stocks that we've seen, oh. and there's some mm. good ones, and this one's better. It's making money.
1: Yeah, okay. And that's
2: what I like about it.
1: All right, beautiful. Um, now we thanks. have th- – thanks for that question. Uh, we have an email from Cam. Hey, Dale and Janine, I'm 25 and pretty Ooh. new to investing and follow a more Warren Buffett field town fundamental valuation style with a long-term outlook. Five to ten years I got into corporate travel management, CTD is the code, at a cost basis of 929. I like the company long-term, but am curious, What are the technical anal- uh, what is the technical analysis <laughs> suggesting shorter term? I love the show. Thanks, Cam. Got tongue-tied there. Sorry about that. All right, oh, corporate travel management. Now, you can see there, long-term downtrend, right? But it is looking like it's reversing that at the moment. So it's traded through a really important point here. I think it's got further short-term upside mm. for the share. could be v- worth around $20, um, that is. But in the short term, the risk still is that if it trades below this um, trough here on the daily, so that's a low of $15, is that a low there? Yep, $15, then the real risk is that it's going to come back here. So it could end up at $12, um, even $10. So if it keeps going up, i stay with don't know about the I'd long stay term. With it. Short term,
2: it looks right, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. But when you're looking at the fundamentals of this sort of stuff, yeah. if you're looking at travel, um, I mean, it's... Been widely so it's pushed out. The travel, is what you're international travel, travel is going to be really suffering for the next couple of years. Mm. So, is this a little bit of an overreaction for bottom picking? Or you is know it, what?
1: It's hard to say because everyone's betting on there being a vaccine, and once there's a vaccine, stocks like this are just going to be in a. Are elastic you going to travel in the next year? Um, but I'm more conservative than most people. So correct. But how many no.
2: conservative people are you out there?
1: Not overseas, anyway. No. Correct. Do it locally.
2: Yeah. But I mean, you're looking at a lot of things. I mean, you know, a lot of the airlines are saying that. Well, they've all like Qantas has retired at 747s now, mm-hmm. early, earlier than what they were going to be. So, is international travel going to get back to where it was? Now, corporate travel is not just international. travel. I think travel. it's going to take a few years. I think to it's get going to take to a few years. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe the longer term growth on this is more. He's saying five to ten years, which is great. But right now, look, it looks good short-term, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does, mm. short-term. All right, so that's CTD, our thoughts
2: there. You're next. Okay, next is an email from Wes. Hi, Wes. Wes says, hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for giving us your time with your channel. That's our pleasure, matey. Great content and education. I'm also really enjoying your book. Thank you for that. Um, can you please give me your take on FZO? I bought 200000 at 0.55 or 55 cents. I've never heard of FZO, of you? No, 200,000 okay. shares. 200,000 55 cents. Say. The weekly chart has been bearish over the last three weeks. Do you see this trend continuing? I'm very coming very close to cutting my losses, but I'm hoping it's just a healthy pullback before taking off again, Wes. Interesting.
1: All right. Now, i just flipped to the um, – this is the weekly chart, obviously, but I just put some mm. volume on there for you ahead of time. I thought you'd like to talk about that.
2: Oh, why do I... Family zone cyber safety. This one of those people got into the cyber safety because the government came out and said um, no, no. they're putting some money into that, but it doesn't look healthy, does it? It, it looks look, quite speculative to me. It, it looks, looks speculative, very
1: low. but yeah. it looks good in the short term. Obviously, it's bullish yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, it hasn't confirmed on the monthly whether it's going to keep going up, but on the weekly, it's pulled back yeah. for a, a couple of weeks. So... You know, you'd have to be careful with this one, obviously. So he's obviously
2: bought it somewhere in here. He bought it at 55, so it'd be somewhere in that week there, a couple of weeks ago, so it remains to be seen. And that's a reasonable move down here from roughly around that sort of 54 to where it is now. That's 14%. It was down 20%. So... um so right, look now. At right
1: now, you don't know whether it's going to keep going down or whether it's going to trade up. Interesting. Well, no, we've only
2: got two, so there's only two days mm. in that last bar. So yeah. whilst it looks a little bit better, it's still only at the same close as what it was on Friday. All
1: right, cast a scenario then, because mm. I think you're dancing around this one. Up on the high here yeah. at 51.5 cents, mm. if it went through that high, what would you think?
2: I Strongly. would be happy. Mm. I would be happy with that. And I think, yes, it's looking like it will go through and it will go through that previous high. If we get a low close this week, the opposite, let's say we get a low close this week and it's below the low of that bar, what would you think?
1: I think it's more likely to keep
2: falling. Yeah, mm. correct. So the answer, the answer Wes is always, 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 always use a stop loss. Mm. Doesn't matter what you do. And then really is if you're buying something and you don't know your exit strategy, then you're gambling. And that's not being rude to you, Wes. It just means you need to make sure you protect your downside all the time. Because um, at one stage you're down around about 20 odd percent, a little bit less now. Hopefully it closes high for you at the end of the week, and then it takes off and it does the positive move for you. But if not, make sure you protect that downside and and that will make you sleep at night or allow you to sleep better at night.
1: And have some rules. Yeah,
2: have some rules around
1: it. Okay, the next question we have is from Darren. Hi, Dale and Janine. Going on last week's show, you talked about uh, mining stocks and which one would possibly be one of, one to watch or invest and you didn't mention Min. We can't mention them all. Can't mention <laughs> we them all. We mentioned the top. I think we mentioned the forty or something. Of we the, mentioned a lot. Of, yeah. I bought this stock back in February this year, and it is currently up about sixty to seventy percent from my purchase price. I'm wondering what your thoughts might be regarding well Darren. Thanks, Darren. I've got this one. It's do, done extremely well. It looks great. Mm. Um, there's a gap down here on the chart. I don't think it's too concerning right now, given mm. where it's trading. But I'd expect that there's a potential for this stock to come back in the short yeah. term, at least. It looks like it's probably run its race anyway in the short term. But, you know, you just want to make sure you had some good rules on it because trying mm-hmm. to get a trend line under there is almost impossible until it comes back a fair way. It may need to come back. Let's have a look. Sometimes stocks will come back 10 or 15% off the top before you get a trend line exit. Mm. So it could actually come back somewhere around this $25 mark to get that but
2: looking how vertical it's been the last four months, it's really just got to take a breather because, mm. and it really is looking at the psychology behind these sorts of things. And I know a lot of people don't take consideration into that. They just see something running and then they jump in it or they saw it on a chat forum or whatever they've done and mm. they're jumping into the end. And we've seen that on a couple of those stocks that we've just looked at. People are buying in just at before. At the top, yeah. At the top. And that's what I've been saying the last couple of weeks on my market reports and saying, look, you know, the last month I've been saying, look, I'm expecting the peak anywhere between the next one and four weeks. But it's mm. always hard to tell exactly where it's going to be. And that's where I was saying. People are saying to me, well, you're saying it was going to peak out, but it hasn't yet. Well, so it's close. It's close. So that, but I, but what I'm saying is, you don't want to be buying here just for it to go to here and then come down to here again no. and then they're going oh, man. Now I'm in twenty percent loss or ten percent loss or whatever it is. Like some of the people that we've seen tonight. Yeah. So where is this now? I wouldn't be getting into it. right? I mean, now. look.
1: I mean, I, we're not obviously giving you personal financial advice no. as to when to sell it. You have to make that call yourself. And I, I don't think you'd be asking us to make the call for you mm. anyway. However, you know, I'd be looking to take part of a position if I got an exit on that. Because mm. there's potential that it could pull back and then run but higher. But the
2: steepest rise is just before it falls over. Mm. And this is what that's done. It's been running really hard. And yeah. what people have been looking at it for the last couple of months is they're saying, well, it was this price two no. months ago. Now it's at this price. Now I'm not going to buy into it.
1: Yeah, so I'd the just, money going into it runs out. I'd use some really short-term rules to take apart profit and then mm. see if, use more medium-term rules to see if it then just goes up again. But you don't want to be too greedy is the whole point of this, do you?
2: No. Let's go and have a look at some... Commodities ETS before we finish up tonight because I know we want we did say to people we'd have a look at them so I want to do that before we finish up.
1: Yeah, now this is this is um beta shares okay so beta shares have a number now this is an Aussie company they're at Lots of different ETF providers out there in the marketplace. Here's
2: the Aussie company.
1: Yeah. So now we're looking at this one. We can see there. Um, this is a ag- group of agricultural companies. So you, what you mm-hmm. need to do when you purchase an ETF, you still need to understand where the ETF has exposure. It's really important to do your research and actually understand this. But the first thing mm-hmm. I'd do is go and look at the chart and actually see if it's going up. Now, um, looking at the the. the graph there, you can see that it's moving up on the monthly. We've got a nice nice rise, which is important. Mm. But the real resistance for it is just somewhere across this 570 mark. So it could just continue to trundle up until it gets up around these levels and then it may come back short term. may
2: come back short term.
1: Yeah, but this is actually something that's quite interesting. Now for us it's mm. not there's not enough history really. For short term trading there's probably enough history but if you're looking to trade this more medium to long term, you want more data. Mm. You know, Five to ten years of data is really important to have on it. But eventually it'll get there. Um, BetaShares Global Energy Companies. Now, we're not promoting BetaShares in any way. We don't have any... No-one's paying us to say this. It's just that because we're extremely... Um, patriotic at the moment.
2: No, they haven't taken me out for lunch yet, so I'm not going to talk about them.
1: No. <laughs> okay. Um, so this, these are energy companies, okay? So this is fuel. Now, I love the names of their ETFs. So the, mm. the agricultural one was called food. This one's called fuel. These are energy companies. Um, it's pulling back. Now, this looks a bit like Woodside mm. at the moment, okay? So it's it's been pulling back. If it goes above this high here, which is the high of Weekend,ing fourteenth of August, three seventy one. That could be an opportunity um, to make some money in the short term, but of course there are risks. You still need to have stop losses. Doesn't matter whether you're trading an ETF or stocks; mm. still need to do this. Now, you were talking about in the index, the ones that mirror the index, which you're not for, but you are for getting exposure to different areas of the market in ETFs themselves. Yeah, that's
2: again what mm. people take me out of context. Yeah, like yeah. are you against ETFs? Well, I am, but not all ETFs. Yeah only index ETFs is the one I keep pushing. Why would you own an index ETF? It's Mm. just a waste of time. But buying a specialised ETF, I don't mind that sort of Mm. stuff in areas that you don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge on. But buying and holding the top 10 stocks, you'll beat an ETF, an index ETF. But buying something like these, I don't have an issue
0: with.
1: What I find interesting here is that Mm. because of this this attraction to gold and people Mm. getting into ETFs, the liquidity of this has gone up. So Mm. you'll see how it's all really patchy here. Mm. Um, really doesn't tell you a lot, but now it's actually far more liquid. So the gold ones are looking really good. Um, beta sheet. this is the oil one. And I actually overlaid, I've overlaid, um, here we've got here, um, the crude, light sweet crude, just to see how they're tracking with the, the futures. And you can see, now don't take the difference mm. between the prices as anything, because I've overla- overlaid this without a scale on the right hand side. So I've got a scale for the, the ETF. But the, the futures is you're just looking at the shape, really, the shape. not the actual difference between the the, the, the price. line, yeah, the yeah. So you can see there that in terms of the lows and the highs and how it's moving, they're tracking it reasonably well mm. in terms of that. Uh, but now we're seeing the oil price come back, and we're seeing the ETF come okay. back at the same time. Got,
2: quickly, got thirty seconds to do All right. two more.
1: Veda Shares Basket ETF. So this is actually a currency hedged one. Um, a commodities basket. I actually like this one. Um, interesting I do like that, that one. the liquidity's been really low. So that's the only yeah. Um, but liquidity is, because this
2: is an over-the-counter type product. Mm. They provide the liquidity. So. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too but worried about. But from a
1: charting it. point of view, I'm saying it just yeah. needs to. It just doesn't look great.
2: Yeah, to but me. I'm talking about from a counter. It's just mm. a counterparty risk. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, is. Okay. they provide the liquidity, so it's not a big issue.
1: But it looks like this could be a mm. bottom um, mm, potentially. But I do like it. You know, you'd want to set a stop loss, like I said, with anything.
2: Yeah, in the last one just, that looks good.
1: Um, so that's the gold one we looked at before. Okay. Cool. Yep. Fantastic. Okay, so now the end of tonight's show, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for participating and if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll look um, at your requests for our upcoming shows. Remember to hit that subscribe button, like the video, and also remember to share the video on tonight's show. I feel like I'm at a a tennis match. One minute I'm looking there and now I'm looking here. Um, With your friends and colleagues so the show can continue to grow and help more people. Also,
2: remember to put... You're going to take my lines again, won't you? I don't know. Remember to put the show in your calendar. We'll be back here on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m.
1: And as always... Um, if we prefer to see your face. So if you could record a 30-second video question, that'd be great. Info at wealthwithin.com.au. Just type in wealthwithin Live in the subject line. And you must do this before 3 p.m. on Tuesdays if you're sending in your email or your video.
2: Well, Janine, you know, that really does bring us to the end of the show. And again, we hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have. Also, thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Bye for now. Stay safe, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening.